So I can remember just a few months ago, um, most all of you guys know I, I work for Verizon uh, as, a, as my, part of my secular job, and and it was it was several months ago that um, the uh, company had something what we have gave it this sort of an unpleasant name. It's a riff, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and most of you I, I could tell by your facial expression you knew what that meant the moment I said it, but it was a essentially it was a reduction in employment. Um, nothing you ever want to see happen. And, and the fun thing about those is you never actually really see them coming. Um, because, well, at least at my level, you don't. Um, I'm kind of a low man on the totem pole. If it rolls downhill, well, I've caught it all because I'm at the bottom. And so um, none of us really seen this coming. And um, we kind of expect that there might be at least one this this year, but but not a potential two of them. I think companies everywhere are sort of hurt hurting a little bit, you know, and they're all sort of making these choices to reduce, you know, reduce staff. But typically, when you when you lose someone like that, what happens is you lose um, like regular employees. This time. We lost our manager. <laughs> My manager was let go. Now, now let, let, me, let me qualify this by, by telling you guys that my manager was a well-respected, liked guy. Matter of fact, he was a great guy. I was so thankful. He's a, he was a Christian man. He had Christian values. And if you don't know, in today's world, having a, having a good Christian boss, it means way more than you think, Okay. And, and so this guy was a, a great guy. I liked him. He liked me, and, and we were getting along great. And, and most all the other guys liked him too because he really he would he would fight and he would help try to help out the best he could. But they let him go, and so and then they br they brought in. Of course, they they can't just leave us out there with nobody. So we were assigned to a new boss. Now, if you if you've ever went from one boss to another and done the exact same job, anybody ever done that in here? There's some things about your job, no matter how well you know your job, they just change, don't they? And the thing is, the guy that's that's replacing the guy that just came in, it's not that he's necessarily doing anything wrong. He just wants to do things differently. But the problem with that is, is that you've got some employees. I'm not one of those, by the way. I'm really not. I don't mind change. Change does not bother me at all. Um, however, I have learned in my years of ministry <laughs> and working, there's a whole lot of other people that are not like me. <laughs> they really do not like change at all. And they buck and they throw a fit, and they just will not conform to new ways of doing things. As a matter of fact, they will go so far as to, well, everything new, everything that's, that's coming down the way, they'll, they'll, they'll suddenly they'll make it personal to the manager who has nothing, it's really not his fault. Because it turns out, oh, God, so good. 
my new manager is a Christian too. Um, great guy. I like him, really do. A little bit of a company man, but that's okay. He should be, you know. Get paid to do a job. But can I tell you, and I don't think anyone will ever hear this, so <laughs> maybe they will. There's a real good chance, and it breaks my heart to say this, that if some of those guys don't start liking the new management, they might be next in line to lose their jobs. <coughs> Because, like, it's a new way of doing things. And this is kind of where we're going to be at in our scripture today. Right before, well, this is where we're going to find ourselves at right before in our scripture today. And I'm going to explain that and tie it all together. Hope you're all with me. The title of this sermon is Freed Mind. We're going to be in the book of Romans, chapter 8. It's one of the greatest chapters in the whole Bible. If you've never read through the book of Romans, you really should. It's got the it's got the entire it's got all of God's all of the theology of, of the gospel and everything all in one book. It really is. It's it's great book. Um, if you can, you're willing, you're able, would you stand for the reading of the word today? Verses one through five, when you get there, say Amen. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds, that's key, they set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God, we thank you for your words. God, we thank you, Lord, that we could just come here today, worship you in freedom. We thank you today that we could come, to, just, just come together, God. Lord, your bride is so beautiful, is so wonderful that, that Lord, that, Lord we're, we're not just, it's not just one person, but Lord, we are just a group of people coming together for the one simple thing, just to hear from your word, to worship you. God, to, to, to praise you, Lord. And Lord, in the midst of all that, Lord, you have chosen. Lord, you've chosen us, and, and you've chosen the time to come and just to, to, to minister to us as a group of believers. So, Father, I pray, God, that you would do that today, that you would minister to us through your words. God, you would minister to us with your life-giving spirit. And, Lord, we would just accept whatever it is you would, you would have for us today. God, we would hear your words. Lord, we would feel your presence. And Lord, I pray, God, that, Lord, as you minister to, to, to each one of us, Lord, I pray, I pray specifically, God, that you would minister to me. God, that you would empty me out of anything that's, that's me, 
Because God, they, they, they didn't come to hear what Nick Sparks had to say. They came to hear what you have to say. So Lord, fill me up with your spirit. Give me your words. And God, I pray as if they, they exit my mouth or they'd enter someone's mind, go straight to their heart. Because Lord, I'm not aiming for toes today. We're just aiming for the heart. Speak to us today. We love you. We praise you. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Therefore, now listen, I've told you guys this before. Therefore, you sort of, if you read anything, anytime you start at a therefore, you kind of have to go back and figure out what it was there for, right? Now we know in, in chapter 7, Paul has been begin telling all the terrible ways that sin is destroying, and 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 it's and it's and it's held him captive. Matter of fact, I, I, there's a there's a place in well, I went too far. There's a place in chapter seven. He says, um, "For I know that nothing good dwells in me." I mean, that's a that's a strong statement to make. I mean, because let's be realistic. We all kind of, we all kind of want to think that we're good people. Amen. I want to think that I'm, I'm a pretty good guy. I mean, I, I do, I do things right. If, listen, if I saw you on the side of the road, I'd stop and help you. You, you know, I, I, I try to listen to whatever the Lord tells me to do. All these things. But Paul goes, I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in, hold on, in my flesh. Now, it's not that we can't be good because we can be good because why? We have Christ. We have Jesus. We're good not because of us, but because of who? Jesus. And he says, but he says, for the willing is present in me, but the doing of good is not. And, and Paul begins, to, he's, he's telling about these, the, the curse, there's a conflict of natures here, but then we get to verse 8. Well, let me actually, let me go back to verse 24. 24 reads, Wretched man that I am, who will, set me, who will set me free from this body of death? And he says, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord. And then on the other hand, I, I, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other hand, my flesh the law of sin. Then we get in this, therefore. Therefore, there's no condemnation. That word condemnation, it's a Greek word, means katakrima. It literally suggests that there's been a process, there's been an investigation, and there has been a judgment cast. I get this picture when you said judgment. The moment I get this picture, I get a picture of a judge standing before you with a big gavel, and he's slamming it down, and he's casting judgment. Now, the moment, most of the time when we think about that, we instantly go, we kind of cringe. We go, I'm in trouble. He's casting judgment. But this time he says, hey, we've done the investigation. We've went, went through all the process. But guess what? There's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. There's none for those who are in, for those who are in 
Christ Jesus. Condemnation's gone. The old way, the death, the, the, the things that we have always known, the things that, that we have always held on to, the way that we've always done things, guess what? There's a new boss in town. <laughs> See, we've had this old boss, and to be honest with you, we probably like that old boss a whole lot. Most Christians would, would say, I don't really care for... Man, I, I never want to go back the way I was living, but let me tell you, you would be surprised at how many of us go back the way we were living all the time. Some of us, we, we still, we didn't change a whole lot. We see, we submitted to this ideal of, of coming to the, coming to the altar and, and, and saying, Lord, I submit my life to you. I, 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 I repent. Forgive me of all my sins. I've got now, praise God, you, you've came and you've came and lived in my heart and, and now I've got fire insurance. It's truth. A whole lot of people have came down this altar hoping for fire insurance. They didn't come down actually wanting to submit their life to, to, to Jesus, submit their hearts and their minds to Jesus. If he's anything less than your king, then your mind is still subject. Your, your mind has not been freed. See, you've got a new boss, but you're still listening to the old one. Verse 2, it goes on and says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. I, you know, I haven't talked about this a whole lot. One, one of the things I have to admit about my, my, my new boss is I think I, when, when it came down to it, I really liked my old boss. But now that I, I, if I look at it, if I really look at it pragmatically, and I, and I take myself out of the equation, I even take him out of the equation, and I look at my, boss, my, my new boss versus my old boss, guess what? My new boss gets things done a whole lot better, a whole lot more efficiently. I can understand why they let him go. You see what I'm saying? You see, the old law, it got things done, but all it really did was reveal to us Jesus, though, does much more than just reveal sin to us. His Holy Spirit is, is just exactly that. It's holy, it's powerful, and it's a spirit. It's, the word spirit in, in used in the Greek is pneuma. It's like wind, wind that just blows through. And if you've ever seen, who, who remembers, um, it was, uh, was it back in March, April, when we got so windy for like two days, who knew wind could come through in this area like this in such a massive amount of, I mean, we've seen tornadoes, sure, but the wind that came through here, man, it moved things. I mean, things that you didn't think would normally ever move. Some of y'all, it just it, it knocked you plumb off the ground. I mean, it, it was, I'm telling you, I'll never forget that wind because it was, 
signs fell down, like, you know, trees were falling down everywhere. And if you don't know, in the cellular industry, um, it's, it's a lot more than towers we have to worry about that, that get, get broken. <laughs> Made my life very interesting at work. Um, but there's so many of us Although we're free from the law of sin and death, it's almost like we want to hold on to it. It's, it's like your handcuffs have been, it's like your, your handcuffs have been taken off or, or your, your prison cell has been opened, but you, you don't know how to walk out of it. Or if the handcuffs have been taken off, you're still holding on to them. Like, well, I could walk free, but I, I'll keep take, dragging this along with me. Let me just keep this ball and chain with me. Instead of, instead of walking away from it, I'm going to pick it up and just keep going with it. And, and that's, what, that's where we're at here. We have this free way of living now in, in which if you don't know where this, who the Son sets free is free indeed. If Jesus has set you free from, from sin, you're free from it. And what's that mean? You're, you're free from the power that sin has held over you all these years. You don't have to live in sin. You don't have to keep entertaining all those things you've entertained your whole life. You can have a free mind I remember this years and years ago. I went to college, and it was this. Um, and I say college. I, I got a college degree. Let me say it that way. Um, the college came down to Somerset. The college was from Mayfield, Kentucky. They came to Somerset, and once a week, for four hours a night, I would drive to Somerset, and I would sit in class for like six weeks at a time, and then I'd move on to the next class. Eventually, I got a degree. Now. Done that for two years. Towards the end of it, of course, Somerset was building this new bypass out towards the college, and, and, it, was, and it had just became open, but construction wasn't... It was done, but I guess not completely done. Well, it's a really straight road. <laughs> the speed limit was 45. And... If you guys have ever driven on a really straight road, it's, it's kind of hard to go 45. <laughs> well, I think this, uh, this cop must have known that about people. He definitely knew it about me that night because I got pulled over. I got pulled over, I don't know, I was doing like 60. I wasn't, do, I wasn't flying, you know. I mean, been normally just five over. But this time it's 15 over. And 15 over is pretty could be a pretty hefty ticket, you know, can be. But I remember I got this ticket, and my goodness. And I don't mean this, like, I, I get that we're still richer than, like, 95% of the world. But, man, Tiff and I, were we were dirt poor. I mean, we didn't make hardly anything between the two of us trying to travel and to go to school and, 
And I thought, oh my goodness, I've got this ticket. It's going to be a big fine. It's going to raise my insurance. I don't know what we're going to do. And, and, I, and I got there, and so we, we, went, we went to, uh, we had this date set, and, and so we went, um, we went up there on that date, and I showed up and, and handed them the ticket. And they looked at it, and they said, we can't find the ticket in our system. You're good to go. And I was like, you know, well, first I was like just out of disbelief, you know, because I'm like, I'm not getting in trouble for a clerical error, <laughs> you know, because I leave and want to have a bench warrant on my arrest next, uh, you know, bench warrant out for me next thing I know for not showing up. So I went back, I said, can you double check that? <laughs> and she double checked and she goes, just take this as a gift. You're good to go. I had done something wrong, but I still got away with it. Like it was a gift, gifting forgiveness. Because the law of sin and death, it does so much more than just make us want to hold on to it. Sometimes we hold on to it too because we all know that we've done something wrong and maybe we don't deserve the forgiveness. Maybe we, have, we, we haven't come to grips with this ideal that we deserve new life. And we just hold on to it. Kind of like me, I want to go back and double check, like, hey, are you sure? You know what I mean? Are you sure about that? Because I don't think you understand, like, I did the crime, I deserve to get punished here. And God being the righteous judge that he is, he's like, hey, you did the crime, and you might have deserved to get punished, but I'm going to take the punishment for you. You're free to go if you're in Christ Jesus. Verse 3 says, For what the law could not do, Weak as it was through the flesh, God did sending his son in, his, in, in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law, it might be fulfilled in us. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Let me point this out real quick. What I'm talking about is this ideal that all that God wants to do through you being in Christ cannot be fulfilled unless you learn to walk in the spirit and you learn to walk in this new life that Christ wants to give you. And, and walking in the Spirit means having freedom in, in the Spirit, too. It means trusting God, being willing to change whatever it is that you think that, that, if you think everything should go a certain way, I can promise you, if you're really willing to listen to God and His Holy Spirit, 
Sometimes he'll just throw a wrench in that and it will shake everything up and it will make you go and it'll make you turn around and say, well, that wasn't what I planned, but apparently God had something better planned. And you need to be okay with that. Because really, again, it's like I said when I prayed, it's not about me, but it's about what God wants. Amen? It's not about you. You, gotta have, you. you almost have to say that sometimes because it's not my ministry, it's God's ministry. I'm just so thankful and I'm privileged I get the opportunity to serve in it. And there's this really important part here where it's in verse 5 where it says, for those who are according to the flesh, see, they set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who are according to the according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. There's so many of us that continue to live in the way that we have always lived. We've got forgiveness, we've got Jesus, but we still live the way that we want to live. We still want to, we've set our minds, our minds, although they've been freed, we keep holding them captive ourselves. If you don't learn to set your mind on the things of the Spirit, your mind will always be captive. And if your mind is captive, your heart will never be free. It's a very simple and short message. There's too many of us in the church today. We are held captive because we're so focused on the things that we should have left behind at the altar. And I don't know, for some of you, that might have been most of your life. That might have just been a few months ago. It might have been a few days ago. I don't know. And I recognize wholeheartedly that, that, that Christianity, it's a process, and God will continue to reveal things to you, and it will begin, still show you things. But we shouldn't, we shouldn't approach Christianity as like, well, what's the least amount that I can do and still, and still get into heaven? Because there's a whole lot of people that we get to that point, we're like, well, I hit, the, I hit all the minimum checkboxes, right? But Jesus is asking much more of that because he gave all of him. He gave all of himself. The old adage said it would have only took one drop of Jesus' blood, but he gave every last bit of it. And there's so much truth to that. And God wants to free your mind from the old law, the old things that, that you have been holding yourselves in this condemnation or, or, or the, even, even old, this old ideal of, listen, spirit, a spirit-walking Christian will not get caught up in religion. I, I, get, I, I struggle. I do. I struggle when someone says, oh, I'm not very religious. And I say, well, I'm not either. Will you go to church? No, listen. What I have with Jesus is relational. 
we have to come to a place where we move past religion and step into relationship. And when you finally get to that place, you'll have a freed mind set on things of the Spirit. You'll start accepting the new way that the boss wants to do things. You'll find out that you're more effective than you used to be, getting more things done. There's a freedom about it. Because it takes all the pressure off of you, which, by the way, that's all the law ever did was just put more pressure on you. We could never really fulfill the law ourselves. And if you live in with that pressure, by the way, you got to, not everybody, but most people have a real bad tendency to put in that, taking that that the pressure becomes so great they want to take it off, you want to take it off yourself and start putting it on other people. Because instead of looking in the mirror and seeing everything that, that's wrong with yourself, we start looking out at everyone else and we start seeing everybody else with the same kind of vision we should be looking at ourselves with. See, God told me a long time ago that, that Christianity was a walk, a continuous walk, and I shouldn't put my convictions on somebody else. You see, what I'm being convicted of right now may not be what God is necessarily convicting you of, but God, it's a process that God will clean you up as you let him. Because if you start putting your convictions on other people, it really quickly becomes condemnations instead of convictions. You start condemning them instead of convicting them because God's the only one that really convicts. I was really, like, I was praying all week. It was kind of where we going to go today. I told you all last week we were going to continue the series, and God just said no, no. So church, we don't, we don't realize If we don't realize that God has come to set us free, he can open up the prison doors, but you've got to learn to step out. He can cut off the ball and chain that's holding you back, or you can pick it up and keep dragging along. And that will lead you, I'm telling you, it's just a life of, of death. There's no life in it. It might feel good because you're doing all these things, but I mean, it's really, it's all about Jesus.
We take our mind off the flesh and we set our minds on the things of the Spirit. And when you set your minds, just, just set your minds on things of the Spirit, when, when everything else comes, when the world comes crashing down, and, and everything, there, there will still be this life that you can see in all the darkness. I think David knew that when he wrote the 23rd Psalm. He said, yea, though I walk, I'm walking through these valleys, the shadows of death. I will fear no evil. Because he set his mind. And we've got to set our minds. And be willing to to get away from the things of the way we've always done things or whatever it might be and, and, and move into the way that God wants us to do it. 